The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm your host of Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I'm a partner at Protus Global. I primarily focus on adult consumables at Protus Global. Protus Global is a people solutions firm. Today, we're going to go to the heart of Texas uh, with our guest. Uh, she works with distillers to make whiskeys and from locally sourced heirloom grains and gins from botanicals organically grown or forged on site. My guest today from deep in the heart of Texas is Jamie Beal, Director of Science and Sustainability at Treaty Oak Distilling. Now, Treaty Oak Distilling is not such a well-kept secret in the hill country of, of uh, Texas in the Austin surrounding areas and Dripping Springs, which I know very well, the producers of Treaty Oak Whiskey and Waterloo Gin. Jamie, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Yeah, I am too. Anytime, look, anytime I get to talk with someone who is is building, uh, you know, bourbon, whiskeys, gins, I love that. That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful life you live. My job does not suck. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, it does not suck. Now, I want to, first of all, I want to really uh, want the audience to get to know you a little bit, okay? Sure. And, um, and how you got to where you are. And, and I really just, you know, you went to Texas State University, but where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in North Texas, a pretty rural area, and um, just actually was visiting my folks last weekend and found a bunch of pictures that that show my dirt kid upbringing. I mean, I was always barefoot and down at the lake and yeah. just, you know, one with nature. It was my happy place, um, and that's left an indelible mark on my psyche and who I am. No, that's 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 very interesting. You said North Texas. Tell people where is North Texas and where is that? So, um, well, looking at the state, um, it's just about right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, yeah. There's a town called Flower Mound. Um, uh, that's Flower where Mound. I grew up. No, yeah. Flower Mound, you know, is uh, is a thriving metropolitan area now. Everybody's out it's there. Not in 1985, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just a mound and some flowers. Um, <laughs> I actually, I actually have some good friends that that uh, that I went to school with in Beaumont, Texas, at Lamar, um, and they live in Flower Mound, Texas. Have some really good That's friends. Fun. Yeah. Well. You know, it's not like it used to be, but it's it's definitely thriving. Apparently, definitely. I don't know. I I stick to the hill country these days. That's great. That's great. Now, now you were in Flower Mound. There's a lot of schools up there. Now, how did you how did you come down south to Central Texas to Texas State? Well, that's simple. Um, mm -hmm. I found a river going through campus and said, "That's that's my jam." Um, 
you know, UNT is great. Most of my family graduated or at least yeah. took classes there at some point in their lives. And, and I love Denton yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but Texas State University, which is what it was called, Southwest Texas State University is what it was called at the time. Um, when I found out that there was a river going through campus and that I could tube um, and that there were endangered species that I could study, then uh, it was a pretty simple decision. It just brought you back to those barefoot days in Flower Mound, Texas, didn't it? That's right. Yeah. No, that's it's what a beautiful campus. I, I think it's a hidden gem, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm from I'm from this little town in Texas called Giddings, Texas. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh kind of east of where you are. And sure, I got uh, a relative that lives there. Oh really? Yeah. It's on my oh, husband's cool. side, but yeah, I mean, uh-huh. we go way back. Oh, that's great. That's great. You ever go to that? Uh, I haven't, I haven't been to that part of the world in a few years, but um, we get pretty near there on our way to Port Aransas, which we go to a lot. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yeah, so, you know, um, the folks that grew up where I grew up all went to school at Texas. At, at, at that time, it's called Southwest Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, or UT or big A and M group of folks, and and I decided to go off to Lamar uh, mm-hmm. to get away from home a little bit, and so that was kind of uh, that was kind of my deal. But uh, so you went to you went there. Now why why did you why did you study what you study? I mean you 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 are a scientist. You're a real scientist. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well. Um... I was going pre-med. I had always thought I was going to be a doctor because my dad is a surgeon and I'm his number one fan. Um, (laughs) Very quickly, I realized that um, I didn't want to to commit that time. You know, if I wanted to have a family, which I do, I was I was able to see that that was going to be a conflicting time schedule. So I started changing my mind a little bit. Next thing you knew, I. I took a plant biology class just as one of the requisites um, for my major as a as a biology major and fell in love with the subject and realized that, um, you know, my love has always been for nature, specifically plants are just his all they've always been very interesting to me. I like to know what they're called. I like to be able to describe what they are. Um, it's a very niche, nerdy place to be, but plants are my jam. So I got a degree in botany because my dad said, study what you love. And so I did. Yeah. Well, it kind of worked out for you. I'd say so. uh, Yeah. It kind of worked. It kind of worked out for you. Um, So uh, at Treaty, and we're going to, we're going to definitely dig into Treaty. uh, Tell me what, uh, and I ask everyone this now because we're all going through this pandemic. Tell me what effect the pandemic has had on what you guys do out there. Oh, it's been a tremendous change in every aspect of the business. Um, yeah. You know, we are first and foremost a whiskey and gin distillery, and right. we've had to pivot. And now we we make sanitizer, um, yeah. so that's weird and new. Um, then our our twenty eight acre ranch uh, where we have the distillery also has a, a restaurant. It's called Alice's Restaurants. Fine barbecue, let me tell you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, you should come out. It's on me. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, Believe me, I will got, be there. <laughs> good. Um, you know, the, the property itself really, really panders to the locals. 
Um, yeah. We have several thousand folks out every weekend pre-pandemic. So that yeah. was like screeching halt. We got to shut down. We got to do what's safe and right and responsible. Um, so we switched our business model to be a to-go food service and a market. So groceries, um, not just food, but essential items. Um, okay. Did you change that, your stock? Did you change what you actually put in the store? Completely. Well, we didn't have a store before. Oh, uh, there, that wasn't a thing. And got then we it. saw that got our it. neighbors, you know, we've got one yeah. little grocery store in town that, that serves, you know, 35,000 people. Um, so right. folks were rightly frightened to go to that big congested store. Right. Said, Why don't we offer the basics? Um, and then we kind of have elevated that. And now we've got some more artisanal um, items, some locally sourced cheeses and, and milks and breads and stuff like that. Um, but just as an alternative for our community, we all live here. Um, you know, we right. raise our kids here. And so we thought, you know, what do we need? That's what our, that's what our folks need. So, um, so it's been a huge change, but I've been impressed with everybody from the top down. Um, we've, we've handled this in stride and, you know, like Confucius said, when the wind blew, we, we bent, we didn't break. Yeah. Yeah, um, we adapted to it, and then we'll rise again. Isn't it kind of special? You you hear these stories all the time of businesses, right? And what they do to uh, when times get different and challenging, and and what they do to get through those times. And and you guys, tell me. And I'm just curious, how long did it take for you guys as a team to get together and say we got to do this? And and the time it took you to really think about doing it and actually getting that transformation uh, accomplished, how long did that take? I mean, seconds. It was just, it was, we knew what we needed to do and then we acted quickly. We scrambled. That's, right. you know, we're a renegade operation and always have been. So having every member be able to just jump and move and think quickly and do yeah. everything, um, has been the name of the game since 2006. So um, knowing who we are, I wasn't surprised at how quickly we were able to mobilize, but looking yeah. back, yeah. it's, it's, pretty it's cool. just, it's impressive. It's very impressive. That is great. Now tell me, tell me a little bit about your owners. So Daniel Barnes is our founder yeah. and CEO. Um, he and his father-in-law started um, making rum. Actually, we were the, the fourth distillery in Texas Mm -hmm. um, but the first distillery in the state to actually make booze from Texas materials, that being molasses, making rum. Yeah, you know what? I want to dig into that. We're going to take a quick break. I want to dig into what makes you guys different, right? And we're going to cool. get into uh, the role you play in that also, of course. And uh, we're going to take a break. We'll continue our discussions with Jamie Bill with Treaty Oak uh, Distilling out in Dripping Springs, Texas, a wonderful place on the planet Earth. I am telling you, I know so. And I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. We'll be back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, Pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with Jamie Beal, Director of Science and Sustainability at Treaty Oak Distilling. And we've been having this, this kind of cool discussion, one I like a lot because we're talking about home for me, and I love that. And uh, Jamie is, is a true Texan. So we're talking about the pivot that they made uh, at Treaty Oak Distilling and at the property uh, when the pandemic hit and how they they. Ch- um, and I think that's awesome, Jamie. And you were you were telling us about uh, just start telling us about your owners and the vision of Treaty Oak. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Perfect. Well, um, we started running rum in 2006. Daniel Barnes is our founder and CEO. Um, he built a still by hand with his father-in-law and sourced wow. some Texas molasses. Um, making us the first distillery in the state to make um, liquid booze from um, Texas materials. Um, He's always been creative. He's always been excited about projects. Um, I I don't know when he sleeps. Um, His brain goes (laughs) a million miles an hour and all of the ideas are gold. Um, it's, It's an exciting place to work. 
Um, Nate Powell is another owner. He has done a phenomenal job in being kind of the infusion of this is community. This is what our people are for. You know, he works a lot with the investors, manages the grounds. He's um, done actually it's just a phenomenal job during this pandemic of restructuring what the property looks like um, and keeping us um, out of the red. So um, that's great. Yeah. Two great Gotta have things. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, that, you know, we thrive on creativity. Um, so experimentation is the name of the game and we've got all kinds of weird projects um, always happening. It's just a really fun place to work. I think that's uh, that's that's very cool. That's a that's a that's an awesome story. And then what you're saying, you're the first distillery because there are several now, right? Oh, yeah. And, and Texas turns out to be a really cool place, especially Central Texas is a really you know from San Antonio up through where you are. Uh, mm-hmm. it turns out to be a really cool place to have a distillery. A lot of it has to do with the weather and and some of the climate uh, conditions that can create some very interesting aging cycles and periods and things like that, which is which is so so very cool. But um, you know, let's your impact on what's there and the vision of bringing someone like you into the business. How did that happen? And what got you interested? Because you were, you were teaching school at Lake Travis and then you, you went out to uh, high school at Lake Travis high. Then you, you went out a little further out to Dripping Springs and taught a little high school. So what, why you, and why did that all mesh and what was the vision there? Um, you know, it's just another case of serendipity in my life. Uh, I've been fortunate um, this whole time to be able to just do what I love and yeah, and just, you know, live right and good things happen. So um, I was teaching at Dripping Springs High School and um, we decided we were going to offer a, a professional development opportunity for teachers instead of sitting in a classroom over the summer and, and learning some new platform. They said, you know, why don't we put you out in the business world in some business that has relevance to your content area, uh, and we'll see how we can bring that relevance back to the classroom and engage the students more, um, share that, you know, with your colleagues once this event is over. So um, I volunteered and was chosen, um, fortunate to be chosen for this opportunity. And they, you know, said, if you have a business in mind, let us know, and if not, we'll connect you with one. Um, so, uh, the coordinator of that program is a real good friend of mine and, uh, she knows that I love the Waterloo number nine gin and she knows that my family and I would go to the distillery frequently, um, let the kids play in the open space, enjoy a cocktail and some good food. Um, so she connected me with Treaty Oak. I spent three days out there in the summer of 2017 Um, And I think it was the second full day that I was out there and they said, yeah, we need your brain. Can you come work here? Um, And so obviously I was thrilled. Um, Fangirl to the max anyway. Um, But I went ahead and finished one more year of teaching. I thought it would be in poor taste um, to leave them in the middle of the summer. Uh, So I, I said, yes, I'll come work for you, but give me one more year. So I graduated my favorite class of students that I've ever taught. Um, the teacher and we, you. Look I'm at telling you, you man, I, I loved it. It was it was perfect. So I, I sent them off into the wide world. Um, I took my kid to the beach for a week. And then I came and started in June of 2018. And uh, 
it's been pretty rad ever since. Wow. Now, so tell me about this quote you have, blending economy and ecology, right? How, how do we do that? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go there because I have so many thoughts, but I want to hear what you have to say. Same. That's, <laughs> it's a touchstone for me. Um, having been in the classroom and now, you know, the business side of sustainability, um, a lot of people have a misconception that, that economy and ecology or economy and environmental health um, are somehow um, juxtaposed when the truth is they're, they're connected and you can't have economy without an ecosystem that's healthy. All of the goods and services, and I'm talking about lumber, food, clean air, clean water, um, you know, we can't replicate these natural processes that the, that the healthy ecosystems do for us. E even if we could, we wouldn't have the money to, you know, supply the energy and the materials to do that. So, um, so it's important that people understand that in protecting the economy, it starts with the source of those things. And the source is obviously, to me, um, a healthy ecosystem. So trying to replicate some of the natural patterns that nature has spent the last, you know, one and a half billion years just of life on earth, um, just rolling through and figuring out. And before that, before there was life, there was still water and there were still, you know, rock um, and there was atmosphere and gases. Um, so taking a cue from the things that have been in place for billions of years is probably a little bit smarter than trying to figure it out on our own. Kind of feel like as humans, we're in this teenage phase where we think we know better. Um, and, you know, for some reason, we're resistant to lean back and rely on the things that have already been in place. But um, I think it's a smart move. I think it saves us money, energy. It, it is sustainable as opposed to some of these linear processes that we've put in place. Humans are brilliant. And a lot of the things that we've established um, are a really good idea. But again, we're just in phase one or two of the tinkering. Um, mm. So I think eventually we'll figure out to, to close that loop, make it a cycle, not a system. Oh, that's, that is so well said. How do what you do affect what I taste? Well, um, most directly, it's a, a lot of quality control and standard operating procedures, and that's okay. the nerdy side. Um, the sustainability side um, is that we're trying to find uh, the most respectfully and responsibly sourced grains from Texas farmers. Okay. Um, these are grown organically. Um, so it, for the farmer, takes longer, which mm -hmm. means the profit margin is smaller in the short term. But these folks understand the long game like we do. They understand that quality is more important than quantity. Mm -hmm. um, so we ally with people that share the same values as we do. Um, and what that does is imbue beautiful flavors and quality and heart into our products um, from the, the grains that we use for our bourbon um, to the botanicals that we source for our gins, the ones that we grow on site, the ones right. that we forage on site. Um, just that natural, that quality, um, the concentration of flavors and something that, that you take time and care about and don't cover with gnarly chemicals, you mm -hmm. kind of cover with natural chemicals, you know, mm -hmm. compost from, from our property. Um, 
all of those things go into making something that that's just better. I mean, think about it. What's better, a sandwich that your mom makes or a sandwich that you get at the gas station with processed cheese, right? It's it's the love and it's the time and it's the attention that, that makes that sandwich better, so. No, that's uh, so true. Hey, my mom makes a hell of a sandwich. I, that is, that, yes, that is so true. So look, now, when you do this, do you do you go out to these places where you guys source the raw materials? Do you go well, and make sure that they're making the products according to what you want to portray in your brand and your label? Yes. Okay. Um, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is uh, we've um, joined forces with James Brown of Barton Springs Mill. He's actually built okay. a malt and mill on our on our 28 acres. We sold him a few, so it's his now, but um, okay. he's our next door neighbor. Um, and he's the one. James Brown. James Brown. He's the godfather of brains. <laughs> he's the godfather of brains. Now, we're going to take a break. And okay. we're going to come back and we're uh, going to spend some time and we're going to talk um, uh, about James Brown and what his effect uh, has been uh, on what you guys are doing. And so we'll continue our discussions with Jamie Beal with Treaty Oak Distilling. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant, Plant Profits and uh, Fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, Green Peak, Peak with Richard Zwicky. It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. We're here with Jamie Beal. Jamie is the Director of Science and Sustainability at Treaty Oak Distilling. Treaty Oak Distilling is located in Dripping Springs, Texas, on a wonderful piece of Texas land, 28 acres, that they do some really, really 
really cool things um, out there uh, on that property. Jamie, want to get into the the products that you guys make, and and it's very interesting. Me, you 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 make three versions of whiskey, uh, two bourbon, one rye, and um, and then you you make three versions of gin. And uh, tell us all about uh, the special nuances of your your products um, so that we as consumers can kind of understand what makes Treaty special. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, The the first and most important point um, is that I want to be completely transparent and let you know that the the red-handed bourbon yes. and the red-handed rye yes. are uh, you caught us red-handed. We source those. Okay. Um, the red-handed bourbon is a Kentucky bourbon. Uh, it's beautiful four-year Heaven Hill, um, just delicious juice. But it's a Kentucky bourbon. It tastes okay. like Kentucky. Now okay. the rye mm-hmm. is now a twelve-year um, from Canada, from the now shuttered Chinley Distillery. Oh, um, yeah, I know that distillery. Yeah, we can't make rye whiskey in Texas very well. Mm -hmm. We can't make Kentucky bourbon in Texas, but we like them. So (laughs) we went and found the most representative of those classes and brought them back. Um, Aged them a little longer here in Texas. Um, But resoundingly, those two are just, you know, they're jewels in our collection. The, The crowning jewel is the Texas Ghost Hill bourbon. And that yes. is a true grain to glass Texas bourbon made with yellow dent number one corn grown in the panhandle, uh, okay. soft red winter wheat from central Texas, um, right. a little bit of malt coming in at the end and aged in the Texas climate. So we do everything from malting to milling, fermenting, distilling, aging, bottling, selling, serving, and drinking on site. Um, My mouth is watering. It's so good. It's a nice <laughs> bourbon. It's a, it's an award-winning bourbon. In fact, yeah. we did. I uh, was able to receive the Good Food Award for that Ghost Hill bourbon, um, which is a huge honor in the sustainability world. Um, it's showing that that our product is not only high quality, but it's also done properly, um, responsibly. Uh, yeah. So that was a, that was a big one for us. No, that's great. So, but now your founder started making rum, then mm-hmm. went to whiskeys. Right, caught red-handed. I love that. And then, and then now, how did the how did the gin come about? That's because it's such a interesting, complex spirit when it when you're talking about interfacing with consumers. Well, that's exactly it. We started yeah. making rum because we like rum. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal was always whiskey. Um, so to get there, there's so much learning that has to happen, um, and then there's just the the maturation, right? Minimum two years in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there were steps that need to be taken. We needed to learn a little bit more about the craft before we could approach the two most complex spirits that there are, which are gins and whiskeys. Um, so, you know, we, we always had our eyes on that, but, um, wanted to make sure that when we started tinkering with those very complex spirits, um, we knew what we were doing and we do. Oh, you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here I am with Jamie Bill, um, uh, uh, a key player in the whiskey business. Let's talk about women in whiskey. Okay. Um, Absolutely. uh, Are you networked that way from a women in whiskey perspective? Yes. Um, 
we have seen a, an increase in bourbon specifically, but all whiskeys um, no. and women. Um, you know, it used to be a man's drink, but it's not anymore. It's about 50-50. No. Um, yeah. And, you know, we ladies, we know what we're doing. So it's good to have us around. Yeah, and, and it's increasingly uh, women distillers, master distillers mm -hmm. are appearing, you know. Yep. And, and uh, master blenders. And master blenders are, are happening. And, and I, I think that's great for the industry. And, and guess what? We're going to all, men, we're going to all love better products because mm -hmm. of you guys. And I'm telling you, uh, it, it is a big deal. Look, um, What's your favorite drink? Now, you mentioned you like the number nine, the gin. Mm -hmm. Is that still your favorite? Where are you now? So it depends on the day. Um, like yesterday, for example, I was uh, I was feeling like a number nine in tonic. Um, when I drink that ghost till bourbon, I prefer it neat. Um, yeah. So I, I like the spirit. So I don't like it too much interaction to take away from the flavors that we've we've curated. Wow, that's great. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. So, look, I, I really, really appreciate the, the little time we spent here today. It went way too fast. Mm -hmm. And um, really appreciate you you coming on board and, and talking about Treaty Oak Distilling and what makes you guys special. Last question I have, this transformation, this pivot you made, do you see that moving forward on the other side? You guys going to keep the little grocery store? How do you see that? I do. I think mm -hmm. that we've made some some smart moves that will linger. Um, I think we'll still have, you know, a high end artisanal market um, so that folks can stop by and pick up what they need and have a cocktail while they wait. Um, I do think we will continue the more um, uh, interactive service um, mm -hmm. on site uh, makes our customers feel even more appreciated. Um, and uh, I think I think we've picked up some good things along the way. No, that's great. Are you going to put music out there? Oh, yeah. We've got live music. you got live uh, music? Yeah. Now, not yet. That's going to be, we're going to phase that back in. We, we want to be respectful about slowly encouraging sure. people to come out. But, um, yeah, dude, usually we have live music every, every weekend. And hey. we've got an old Pearl Brewery truck that we converted to a hardwired <laughs> stage. Yeah. Oh, that, it doesn't get any better than that. That's got to be, uh, be some fun times. That's great. That's got to be some fun times. I've had a, a tremendous pleasure having a conversation today with Jamie Bill, Director of Science and Sustainability at the wonderful Treaty Oak Distilling, producers of Treaty Oak whiskeys, the red-handed whiskeys, uh, the, the, the rye, the ghost, I'm telling you, the Waterloo gins, um, the beautiful products. Uh, go online, check them out at treatyoakdistilling.com, and you can buy them right off the website. And and uh, and I think that'd be an awesome thing. They are beautiful products and and wonderfully made. Jamie, thank you so much for playing a part in Plant Profits today with us. And uh, look it's forward to. Absolutely. And I look forward to, to having further conversations with you and the team as, as we move forward. And uh, stay right there. We'll, we'll get back to you. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits wherever you get your podcasts. But go to CannabisRadio.com. CannabisRadio.com is an amazing partner and uh, love them dearly. Or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all the major places you get your podcast. 
follow us at Produce Global. You can follow us on anywhere on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and learn more about how we're building companies and how we're changing the lives of people at ProduceGlobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S Global.com. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.